season It is so pure I can't arrive out 
from some local boys who made good. Los Angeles has produced a lot of great singing groups, but this is one of the best. Let's hear the Olympics and holly golly!
horrible disease that was making them try to shake something loose. And I think some of them succeeded. That was that great new record by the Olympics about that crazy new dance, the Holly Gully. And you can do the Holly Gully next Friday night at Jordan High School at the Hunter Hancock Record Hop in the Boys' Gym. And with us as our guests will be the Olympics, singing it for you in person. And if you don't know how to do the Holly Gully, they'll show you. And they show me how my back will never be the same again. Yes, the Olympics in person.
Spike guessed that he was probably the only kid who had ever received Rodney's restaurant lecture and understood right away what he was saying. During that first lunch a year ago, Rodney's eyes had lit up with gratitude and pride when he saw Strike stay right with him. Finally, he'd saved one. Rodney's other clockers always went down. They were too poor, too immature, a lifetime of one way going up against two months of the other way. Other way didn't stand a chance. You've got to start respecting yourself. Rodney was still hammering away, not ready to give up. The kid that spends it as fast as he makes it don't believe it's real, don't believe in his self. He's thinking like with a two-minute clock, thinking like a poor man, like his life is day-to-day, minute-to-minute. He got no future because he don't think of no future. Strike watched the kids tune out, dip in fries and ketchup, one by one turning to wave down the waitress and order orange sodas or Cokes, their cognacs left unfinished. You got to believe in yourself. You got to start thinking about your future. And that means you got to start saving your damn money. Hell, they do. Rodney pointed out to the room. There ain't a person in this restaurant right now can't go home and show me a bank book. And you kids making more day by day, week by week than them all. But I'll bet come the end of the month, they got more than you do. Rodney whirled his hands around each other, cocking his head. Do you all get what I'm saying? I hear that, Charles said automatically. Rodney sagged with frustration looking like the old man of 37 he was, then said, well, the hell with it, I tried, and got back to his ribs. Strike was relieved that the lecture seemed to be over, glad that Rodney didn't do his self-image exercise, making everybody come up with a positive word that started with the same letter as their first name. Going around the table, people saying stuff like terrific Tyrone, sexy Strike, rockin' Rodney. Six months ago, one kid had called himself Brightful Booker, and then almost put his fork in someone's chest when everybody laughed. But Rodney wasn't done. He lit up again, tried one last approach. I mean, look at Strike here. The kids did as they were told, Strike looking away as if he had seen something out at the bar. Look how my man dressed. No flash, color-coordinated, nice pair of dark Reeboks, none of them paratrooper sneakers you all like to wear. Jump out a window, you bounce right back. No one laughed. I mean, check this out. The narcotics roll up on my man at a red light. What do they see? Because you know they're going to be profiling. They see a kid in a two-year-old accord, no gold on, nice hair, not no high-rise billboard up top his head, nice dark sweater, probably driving like my grandma. You think the narcotics going to be thinking clocker? Hell no, they're thinking a nine-to-five kid working at First Jersey or some damn thing. Strike's doing it right. Strike's getting over, cause Strike's quiet storm. Strike fumed, thinking lose the accord, a table of strangers now knowing it's a dope car, and Strike's got himself a safe. Abruptly, Strike rose from his chair. Now they all knew he saved it, which meant he's got it, Rodney getting him killed. Strike stood over Rodney, trying to hold in his anger, keep himself stone-faced and without stammering. I got to book. I got to see my, my, my parole officer. As Strike walked from the table, he heard Rodney say, Strike's got like four safes. So come knock night, when the knockos come down, they can't confiscate his money. See what I'm saying? I mean, Strike's here to stay. Strike palmed his gut. Lose the safes, lose the accord, lose Rodney.
Yes, that song goes out to Miss Molly Ringwald. This is the Flat Black Plastic Show on the MutinyRadio.fm. They don't call me old H.H. for nothing. Sixteen candles would only fill up one side of my cake. There's the other side and both ends yet to go. But I can tell you one thing. Old Hunter Hancock has sure had his fun.
Just a matter of time. I drove my tractor through your haystack last night. I threw me pitchfork at your dog to keep quiet. Now something's telling me that you might. They raced across the ground And the clatter of the wheels As they spun round and round And he galloped into Market Street His badge upon his chest His name was Ernie And he drove the fastest milk cart in the West Now Ernie loved a widow A lady known as Sue She lived all alone in Lily Lane At number 22 They said she was too good for him She was haughty, proud and chic but Ernie got his cocoa there three times every week. They called him Ernie. Ernie! And he drove the fastest milk cart in the West. 
She said she'd like to bathe in milk. He said, all right, sweetheart. And when he'd finished work one night, he loaded up the car. He said, you want it pasteurized, cause pasteurized is best. She says, Ernie, I'll be happy if it comes up to me chest. <laughs> that tickled old Ernie. And he drove the fastest milk cart in the West. Now Ernie had a rival, an evil-looking man, called Tutan Ted from Teddington, and he drove the baker's van. He tempted her with his treacle tarts and his tasty oatmeal bread, and when she seen the size of his hot meat pies, it very near turned her head. She nearly swooned at his macaroon, and he said, now if you treat me right, you'll have hot rolls every morning and crumpets every night. He knew once she sampled his layer cake, he'd have his wicked way. And all Ernie had to offer was a pint of milk a day. Poor Ernie. Ernie. And he drove the fastest milk cart in the West. Um. One lunchtime, Ted saw Ernie's awesome cart outside her door. He drove him mad to find it was still there at half past four. And as he leapt down from his van, off blood to his veins did course, and he went across to Ernie's cart, and he didn't half kick his horse, whose name was Trigger. Trigger! And he pulled the fastest milk cart in the West. Now Ernie rushed out into the street, his gold top in his hand. He said, if you want to marry Susie, you fight for her like a man. Oh, why don't we play cards for her, he sneeringly replied. And just to make it interesting, we'll have a shilling on the side. Now Ernie dragged him from his van and beneath the blazing sun, they stood there face to face and Ted went for his bun. But Ernie was too quick, things didn't go the way Ted planned, and a strawberry-flavoured yoghurt sent it spinning from his hand. Now Sushi ran between them and tried to keep them apart. And Ernie pushed her aside and a rock cake caught him under his heart. And he looked up in pain surprise and the concrete hardened crust of a stale pork pie caught him in the eye and Ernie bit the dust. Poor Ernie. Ernie! And he drove the fastest milk cart in the West. Ernie was only 52. He didn't want to die. <laughs>
your eyes now and return to the world of reality the record is over and ain't it horrible to immediately hear old hunter hancock's voice just after hearing brooke benton with his beautiful new hit just a matter of time
make me sick. Uh, or is it vice versa? Ugh. That was Phil Phillips uh, on the Sea of Love.
novel Fokker. Price's first novel, The Wanderers, about an Italian about an Italian speaker, 18th century. Novelist Philip Roth first became known in the
FM, this is the Flat Black Plastic Show coming to you where we're always having a party. And to pay for that party, we need you folks to fork over some dough. Because, uh, like John Waters said, these bills won't pay themselves. Speaking of having a party, let's hear about Sam Cook having a party.
this dead, dead kid to Angelo Baralamente, the Twin Peaks composer. 85, full life. He's living through this. <laughs> 